radio as the founders intended. Mojo Five O. You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. And now, here he is, author of the book, Progress Really? U.S. Navy veteran and your host, Peter Seraphine. Hello, my fellow patriots and freedom fighters. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse. I have a guest with me today. We have Cosmic Rebecca from 90.7 The Lion, the Penn State University radio station. She has an interesting story to tell that I think is indicative of uh, some of the problems in our country right now. So I've got her here with us. So why don't we just jump in and start this show? You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. Welcome, Rebecca. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse. Greetings, Peter. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm Cosmic Rebecca. I will say formerly of the Lion 90.7 FM. I did do a show there, Avant-Garde, for many years. And in recent years, I have come back and done some guest interviews, including one about two weeks or so ago on DJT Alter Ween election special, in which I made a few remarks which deeply offended one person, a host, complained about my remarks, it escalated, and now I have received a permanent ban. I was just at a meeting of the local Republicans, and when I said I'd been permanently banned, a cheer went up, meaning, hey, you must have done something right. You must have said something that pertained to the truth. Right. So you and I first met uh, at a Trump rally. Uh, the listeners of the Liberty Lighthouse know that I live uh, just a block or so from the Center County Courthouse, and I often walk down and record at Trump rallies. And so it was the day before election uh, mm-hmm. election eve election eve and and well this is how i met you this is what i heard going on at the time we are from great we are so this is uh cosmic rebecca standing in front of the courthouse taking, uh, I don't know, what is it, about 50, 75 people, leading them in a chant of, we are Penn State, we are Trump great. And during our conversation, you mentioned that you had just been on uh, Altered State the night before. The very night before. In fact, that was one of my rallying cries. I said at the end of my interview, we are Penn State, we are Trump great. And DJ, the DJ who hosted the show he, in his opinion, it was my entire pro-Donald Trump stance throughout the interview that really uh, sent this host ballistic. In fact, what happened, I'll just quote myself or we were going to play the... I've got the audio. We yeah, can let's just play, play it. it. So this is the, uh, well, supposedly the, the offensive, racist, horrible mar- remarks that you made 
that got you banned from a radio station that you have been affiliated with since? 2006. So 14 2005, years? actually, was when I started on the Avant-Garde show. Okay, well, here are those offensive remarks. The amazing thing about President Trump, it's amazing. And look how quickly he's recovered from his bout with this Chinese virus. But actually, I'm going to call it the with- PRC virus because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to affect... I don't want Chinese Americans, real Chinese Americans, patriots, to be offended by what I'm saying. Because I speak Chinese, I'm in a Chinese organization, so let's just call it the PRC virus. Wait, you, you wait. Could, you could, all, you could always go with the, the Epic Times. You could always go for the Epic Times version, which is uh, the, the CCP oh. virus. It actually specifies the government versus the, you know, the actual country itself versus That's the true. people. It's That's like, it's very true. Like, Let's let's just we'll put the blame on the government. We'll Let's, get back to China. All right. Okay, so you referred to the virus as the China virus and then the uh, the PRC, People's Republic of China virus, and the host uh, said we could use the Epoch Times or Epoch Times. I'm not even sure how to pronounce that. The it's, Epoch Times, an extremely well-written newspaper. Uh, it's a great paper. Truth and tradition. Um, but they, they refer to it as the, the CCP virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus. Now, you immediately clarified that this was not about the Chinese people. Or Chinese Americans. And having grown up the second half of my life in Northern California, I know many Chinese Americans. So you you very quickly clarified that you were talking about the uh, the government, not the people. Now, what's interesting about all of this is one minute and seven seconds later in that interview, we heard this. I've I've just been I've just been uh, 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 poked by uh, one of the other members of the lion. Uh, I will keep I will keep them uh, 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 keep their name out of it in case they didn't want to be oh, involved a, in this. Did you but, get a PC poke already? Yeah, it's just COVID nineteen. Like, not not it, it's not that they they were saying. Well, how about just COVID nineteen? It's just like I mean, yeah, sure. That's one right. that's one okay. way to go with it. I we I was just discussing if if Rebecca here wanted to refer to. The uh, referred to it as something other than COVID nineteen. Let's not do. Let's not focus on the country of China because the country, the people of China, are not the same as the government no, of China. That's, that's blah, right, blah, blah 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 blah, etc. Et we'll um, question, Peter. Let me ask you. If I uh, if I this is a somewhat of a rhetorical question. If I had called it, described it as the virus from China, do you think that would have satisfied that person or not displeased them? Well, well, given that. Uh... From what I understand, the the poke that uh, your host referred to not only said, how about just COVID-19, but also referred to you as an effing racist. Well, yes. So just after I made, you know, that's quoted the president. And if you don't have a right to quote the president of the United States in the most, we're supposed to be the most democratic country in the world, the leader of the free world, Free speech is already going down the tubes, and that is why I'm here. Right. And my... Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't respond to that. Yeah. So she texted another host from the Line 90.7 FM who has been a host for about 14 years, not a random caller, and she texted the host right after my remarks on his personal cell phone. She is a blank, 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 racist, blank. And then during the break, she called in and blasted him. She unleashed a tirade. And then the next night called him again on his personal phone. And he said, went ballistic. He offered her 
my telephone number so that she could call me and talk to me about it. She refused that. So, Peter, I'm going to tell you emotionally what really bothers me more than anything else, that she, another host at my station, whom I knew in the past, not well, didn't have the guts to call into the show and discuss it with me on air. Instead, she chose to complain about it, we'll just say, to the authorities at Penn State. It escalated all the way up. In fact, in the email you read regarding my termination, faculty advisors were consulted. Right. So, uh, sequence of, of events. Your host and you had this discussion as to what to call the coronavirus. This other host, let's call this other host uh, DJ Karen. Appropriate. So, DJ Karen texts the host on his personal cell phone. Then, during a break, calls that personal cell phone but refuses to call the station's call-in line and actually engage in discussion. In an on-air discussion with me. And I would have been happy for her to do that. That's, that would have been the right thing for her to do because, you know, to elaborate on the topic, to get her views and why she objects to it. Actually, another host at the station, formerly of uh, Radio Free Penn State, he pointed out that had I been discussing the Spanish flu of 1917, or had talked about MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, which the Obama, the acronym which the Obama administration coined, she wouldn't have said a word. Right. She being DG She being DG Ken. She wouldn't have said a word. And what I'll, I'll just cut to the chase now and say what I think is going on. That at this university, there's essentially a gag order on saying anything against the People's Republic of China because we don't want any we don't want to connect them in any way to this pandemic which is spread across the globe. And frankly, I'm suspicious as many are that this re- virus was released the, from the People's Republic of China. The, the CCP have uh, effectively destroyed all the evidence. This happened in the, during the year of the most important presidential election in our lifetime, resulting in Uh, the loss of freedom and liberty all across the Western world, and, of course, an excess of mail-in ballots suddenly being, you know, people all over this state, Pennsylvania, being bombed. I'm suspicious. I think the gag order is coming from the very top. Well, here's what I think happened, because I don't think there's any question that you are unabashedly, openly, emphatically pro-Trump. Oh, and I I made that absolutely clear. I called him the anointed one. In fact, the host of the show said when his parents heard that, who were very pro-Trump, they just burst out in hysterics. <laughs> so you were on a three-hour-long show. Yes. Halloween special. The Halloween special, two days before the election. Yes. And you were, were touting Trump. Yeah. And he, how much I love his personality, actually. On a, on a, uh, a state-affiliated university radio station. Receiving government funding. Let's talk about that government funding, because this is where I, as you know, somebody who's never been to college and have no affiliation with Penn State, this is where I uh, draw my interest. Penn State University in the last calendar year, the last school year, yes. received $327 million worth of tax money from Pennsylvania. But now they're deciding who can or can't say something. Can I just add one thing to that? This is from the Epoch Times, that 
last year, universities in this nation received $19.6 billion in foreign gifts, which they did not report to the U.S. government, $1.5 billion from the People's Republic of China, three, almost $3.1 billion from Qatar, and more than $1.1 billion from Saudi Arabia. And let's just compare those two figures, right? how much they got from the U.S. government, from how much they're getting from the biggest, the most terrifying communist regime that's ever existed. What conclusion do we draw as far as... Yeah, well, I don't think they should be getting any of my tax money anymore at this point after after the things that I have seen them waste money on. Yes. Um, but you were, were uh, expelled, permanently banned from this station for violation not of the station's code of conduct, no. the violation of the university code of conduct. Right. And other hosts I've talked to, formerly of the Lion, one of them, whose show I'm also going to be on, Versa Media, on Saturday night at 11 p.m., which you can listen to on YouTube. When I told him that on the phone, he was shocked. And another host, whom you're going to be interviewing later, said if I was the host of the show who interviewed me, he would be absolutely livid because it, I advise, in no way did I violate any FCC regulation whatsoever. No, you didn't violate anything from the FCC, and they haven't accused you of violating anything from the FCC. They accused you of viol- violating university code of conduct, which I've read uh, a lot of the university code of conduct in the last couple of days. And it's funny that one of the things that they're supposed to protect against is political affiliation. You know, there's race and creed and color and sexual orientation and nationality and all of the, you know, genuinely protected classes. Yes. But the last line that's tacked on there is political affiliation. It says political ideas. Right. It says, yes, you, you shall not be discriminated against because of political ideas. And I'll say, you cannot make this stuff up, is the leader of my party in Britain, the Brexit party often says. Right. So what I see, my my perspective here, is that DJ Karen... Uh, was was just sick of listening to you tout about what a wonderful man Trump had been for the last hour or so. And then uh, when you mentioned the China virus. She seized upon it. She seized upon it as an opportunity to, to get you in trouble. Exactly. So she right. not only complained to the host of the show, who uh, we're not mentioning because he is still a host of the show, and we don't want to get that person in any trouble whatsoever. Now, DJ Karen. I wouldn't be upset if she got into a little bit of trouble. But anyway, uh, so the host of the show, she reaches out to the host of the show. And then afterwards, apparently, somehow filed official complaints, not only with the station. The officers of the station. But apparently someplace else higher, because the emails that you have shared with me mention things about faculty advisors. Faculty advisors. Well, I just received an email from the host who interviewed me that he is investigating how it escalated over the course of a week and a half or so. Because a week and a half ago, when I appeared on his show, just briefly talking about something innocuous, he told me after the show, you know, everything's okay. The officers emailed and said, we're all, we're on the side of free speech. We're on your side. We're on Rebecca's side. There won't be any recriminations. That was a week and a half ago. Then two days ago, I and he received these emails that not only have I been banned for life, but he has been given a strike against him because of my appearance on the show and what I said. And if he gets one more, he's off the air forever, even though he's been on the air for 14 years. Okay. So with that, 
let's take a, a quick little sponsor break here. When we come back, we'll see uh, what one of your other hosts, that or one of your other DJ friends, had to say about this whole event. We'll be right back. Let me tell you about a new company with values that you can really get behind. Patriot Energy is a new veteran-owned company doing solar the right way. Take advantage of government incentives and and cut your electric bill by 30 to 40% while buying your own system with no money down. Support a veteran-owned company, help the environment, and save money. Go to PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50 for an estimate. You have choices when it comes to energy. Let Patriot Energy help you make the right choice for you. PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50. Patriot Energy, great group, veteran-owned, and being a veteran, I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, they just recently did a special where they were giving $100 to the VFW for anybody who even called and got an estimate. That's awesome. So let's moving on here with Cosmic Rebecca. One of your other DJ friends, uh, well, I ran into him the other day and I asked him what he thought of this whole mess. So let's listen to what DJ Farrow had to say. So DJ Farrow, uh, have you heard about uh, Cosmic Rebecca's, I guess it's a banning, not even a suspension at this point. Wow, she got banned? Yeah, uh, for life, if I understand right. Oh, my God. It's like banning Bambi. Holy shit. Are, are you familiar with what happened? Not not to a little bit. Not, I heard a little bit about it. It's, it's, so tell me about it. Well, uh, she quoted the president referring to coronavirus as the China virus. And then there was a string of CCP virus and other people's versions of CCP virus. And apparently it upset somebody enough that she got herself banned. Oh, that's some bullshit. That's fucked up, man. I think it's bullshit. She should be able to, if she's quoting uh, the president, uh, Donald Trump, and she's saying, you know, she's speaking her opinion, I don't see why I didn't come in. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. It was fucked up. That's all I got. I'm just saying. (laughs) Free speech and a state-affiliated university radio station apparently is dead. It is dead. It is dead. I think it's a, um, I think we're in direction with that. Um, you know, she's been a part of the line 90.7 for a very long time. And so is myself. And I mean, they've dropped N-bombs and all types of heck fest on and Robitussin Center and all these other things that went on. And I, I, I'm surprised that, you know, that, um, that, that gets someone banned. Cause there's been a lot that came out through the line through the years. And, you know, it, it's a shame. Just out of curiosity, have you ever been banned? Oh yeah. I've been banned. I've been banned a couple of times. I can't even remember like. Uh, what was one of the times I got banned? A couple of F-bombs, a couple of N-words, uh, uh, N-zone women being in the studio at the wrong time, drinking alcohol. Uh, just a couple of things, you know. I, but I actually interviewed a porn star from Wicked. It was uh, Aurora Snow and Callie Cox. And they didn't come and ban me for that. They, they, they let that go. So apparently it's okay to interview Callie Cox and Aurora Snow, who just came off of the biggest um, IUP calls of gangbang. And IUP and Grand Spaniard said any 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 calls that um, any, if Penn State gets caught, any um, fraternity gets caught, he's going to take their chapter away and all that and they'll be suspended. But, you know, here you get banned for quoting the president of the United States This is what I don't understand. But I can interview strippers and they can do calls gangbangs. That's OK, man. It's a fucked up world. Though. Times have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So DJ Farrow had strippers from the end zone, the only strip club in Center County, in the station drinking alcohol. And he's still allowed to be on air. Yes. He had porn stars who were going around the country doing college gangbangs mm-hmm. on his show. Yes. But he's still allowed on air. Yes. You quoted the president using, not, yes. uh, using uh, the China virus phrase, and you're never allowed to be on 90.7 The Lion ever again. Yes, other former hosts have said this is absolutely incredible, shocking. And one of them, who the one who is will be interviewing me on Versa Media, Saturday at 11 p.m. on YouTube, he told me that he was also banned from The Lion. And he suspects it was due to a complaint by the same person, another host. Let's emphasize that. Not a listener, but another host. DJ Karen. DJ Karen. And this is what this host said in his show. He was describing a BuzzFeed photo. And apparently, he he said he was using, um, he said, click chink. Click chink to describe the action of taking the photo. And they spliced it so that Click and Chink were separated uh, somehow when the, you know, the show was put up for listeners. And she heard it and complained. He was given a ban of a few months. So uh, is it safe to assume that since both of these complaints involved, uh, well, disparaging remarks or felt Regarding to be as disparaging remarks to China. to China or to Orientals in general, that uh, DJ Karen may be of Oriental descent? Well, not to Orientals in general, but we were, we were only speaking of... Well, I suppose your point with, with Ching. Let's just pretend it's Big Ben. Ah. When you're doing radio in, in London, you hear the chimes of Big Ben, so it's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice sound for me. Yeah, but now everybody's going to know that we're recording this at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and not 8 o'clock at night when it airs. <laughs> anyway, we only have uh, like three minutes left. So I would like to offer you the majority of that three minutes. Well, I just want to say another thing about bans during this most important political, you know, election in our lifetime, during this contentious state of affairs here in Pennsylvania. Let's emphasize that. We are the key state here. What happens here is going to determine this entire election in the course of the free world. Why are we gagging free speech? Well, my leader, Nigel Farage in Britain of the Brexit Party, he was fired from his station in June this year for making remarks about the statues being desecrated, Winston Churchill, etc. And he compared that to the Taliban. And again, it was a host, two hosts at the Sister Music Station in an office down from his who complained about it. They said they felt they were working in a hostile environment. And he was fired, the most prominent presenter at the radio station. So what does this do to free speech when the most prominent presenter is fired? It makes the other hosts at the station feel like they cannot say anything. Precisely. And I actually have another uh, of your colleagues going to be on here in the second segment. And uh, we're going to, he seems to be quite knowledgeable of the code of conduct and other examples of Penn State's. Uh, let's say hypocrisy. Well, yes, I wanted to defer to Andy the Annihilator. He hosted Penn State, uh, Radio Free Penn State for many years. He has a vast knowledge of Penn State politics, and you'll be, your listeners will be interested to hear his analysis of 
you know, the code of conduct elaborated and why this shouldn't have happened to me, why it's absolutely outrageous. Right. So Andy, the annihilator is going to be the second segment. We're going to not only discuss your situation, uh, but also other similar and related instances and, uh, well, just how annoying it is that my tax dollars are being used and being spent in order to manipulate what people can or cannot say, what they can or cannot think at a state-affiliated university here in the United States of America. And I'll just mention that last night, Andy the Annihilator and I uh, were having uh, just a brief discussion about the Code of Conduct. And I said to him, as a student, I always thought of the, the code of conduct as pertaining to cheating. That was all we. That was uh, that was the only way we thought of it. I really never thought that things I said could get me in such serious trouble. And he pointed out that the code of conduct historically at this university, as at most universities, pertained to cheating in exams, and that it's only recently. Be back in two You're minutes. Listening to Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio. Hi, I'm Peter Seraphine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse. I first got involved with politics when I wrote a short book, Progress Really? Progress Really? is a quick read about the past, current, and future state of our progressive society. I was so frustrated with progressive society and progressive government, I had to do something. I didn't write the book for fame or fortune, so I priced it as low as possible and pledged all of my profit to the Convention of States project. So whether the 99-cent ebook or the $5 paperback, your purchase supports the COS project. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click on the books link. Read my short warning about when progress just stops being progress and support the COS project. I urge every liberty-loving American to go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the books link, and buy a copy of Progress Really? This Second Amendment moment is brought to you by Hunter's Warehouse at 130 West High Street in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania. When the government was closing businesses, Hunter's Warehouse was open. When ammunition was out of stock everywhere, including online, Hunter's Warehouse had it. With thousands of firearms and truckloads of ammunition in stock, no wonder people drive for hours to visit Hunter's Warehouse. Go to Hunter'sWarehouse.net for all of your Second Amendment needs. The most powerful gathering of freedom fundamentalists since Philadelphia in 1776. Mojo Five O. Welcome back to Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Seraphine. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64MY-RIGHTS. That's right. Call or text 64MY-RIGHTS. Love your questions, comments, and concerns here in the Liberty Lighthouse. A uh, big thank you to Cosmic Rebecca for stopping by the studio and uh, recording that first segment with us. Uh, now for the second segment, I have Andy the Annihilator, your friendly neighborhood annihilator, on the phone. Uh, he was host of the... Uh, 90.7, the Lions public, uh, public, I forget what he called it now. Hey, Andy, what'd you call your show? The public relations show? Public what? Peter, thanks for having me on your show. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Uh, I did the local public affairs uh, radio show on the line, 90.7 FM. 
uh, from about 99 to 2012 till I was promptly dismissed from the helm. And uh, boy, what a rip-roaring ride that was. Public affairs. I can't believe I couldn't think of the term public affairs. Anyway. Yeah, making make all affairs public. <laughs> okay, so I honestly had never listened to 90.7. I'm not, I never went to college. I happened to live near a college. I met Rebecca at a Trump rally. Uh, she reached out to me about her, her being terminated or I don't even, you can't even really call it terminated because she's not an employee, her, her banning from the show. And from there, you know, I met DJ Farrow. I met the host that, that, that uh, she was on the show with that is going to remain nameless. Uh, and, and I met you. And you have sent me bunch of emails about, well, the code of conduct, about instances and examples of, right. you know, I don't even know what, what I don't, I, sure. hip, hypocrisy, I guess. I don't even know what else to call it. Sure. So, um, as you know, uh, the uh, students who were in charge of the, the station currently today uh, dismissed uh, Rebecca. Actually, they, they told her that she's not welcome back on their airwaves as a guest. Uh, because of what she said, and they cited the school's code of conduct policy as the basis for that, uh, basically saying here, uh, it says, uh, upon discussions with faculty advisors, they, being the student officers of the station, are of the opinion that phrases like Chinese virus and PRC virus or any other term that attempts to attach a public health issue to a race or ethnicity for no reason other than flagrancy or divisiveness is in violation of the school's uh, code of conduct and are therefore offering her no further air time. So let me give you some background real quick. Um, I was a um, I was a faculty advisor unofficially uh, for the station for a long time. I called myself a, an alumnus advisor. That is to say, after I graduated, I in the capacity of an alumni alumnus, I basically mentored and trained students uh, that were coming in, successive generations of students who were on the air, and I had to you know, educate them about everything from FCC rules, guidelines, policies, to you name it, what kind of things are appropriate to say on the radio versus what aren't community standards. All that stuff is outside of Penn State. That's all FCC guideline stuff. And uh, at the same time, the school, of course, has its own evolving set of rules and policies about everything, including verbal conduct, not just like on-air radio conduct, but just what they construe as harassing or, or, or just verbally inappropriate. And uh, as you know, with colleges and universities, uh, they're always uh, pushing the envelope in trying to make these kind of guidelines and these policies more uh, intrusive and, and, and restrictive in terms of what you can and can't say. And so there are a number of things that I covered on my radio show back in the day. Uh, for example, there was a 2005-2006 uh, lawsuit that a, an organized Christian legal group out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, called the Alliance uh, Defending Freedom, formerly Alliance Defense Fund. They represented a plaintiff who was a Penn State student over a policy that Penn State wrote in which it literally said that tolerance shall not be tolerated. That was an actual policy on the books at Penn State. The argument was that, hey, look, this is overly broad. They try to write these things in such a way that anything and everything they don't like in any given turn will fall subject to the policy with which to then sanction students for conduct that they deem inappropriate. 
Uh, they said you can't do that. It's overly broad, thereby causing a chilling effect on the part of students, thereby stifling open discussion and discourse. You can't have that. That's a violation of the First Amendment. So they got them to successfully rewrite the policy. Similar case uh, in 2007, a, a class of 2001 uh, and football letterman James Persley was the student, wanted to uh, have an inscription in, in his brick at the Penn State Alumni Center on campus. Uh, the Alumni Association, or the Alumni Center rather, uh, they, did, they said, hey, we can uh, decide to uh, not allow inscriptions based on whatever we want. And they ended up uh, canceling his request. He wanted a biblical verse. They didn't allow him to do it. And he sued. And it's the same group that took up his suit. And uh, they basically won. And, they, and, and the Penn State spokeswoman, um, Anne-Marie Mouts at the time, said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Whoops. Uh, I guess the Alumni Association misinterpreted our policy. But once again, the point was is that you couldn't settle the issue within the confines of the institution or any of its offshoots like the Alumni Association. You had to go outside and get legal counsel in order to bring the proper recourse and remedy. But even then, it, it shows it doesn't matter. You know why? Because years after uh, outsiders come in and sue in court and win, the school at any given turn still carries on with these shenanigans. And with everything that happened in this country, you know, in the last several months, this year alone, as you can see, political correctness has just been catapulted to a whole new level. And schools at all levels have been implementing policies that are just off the, uh, off the charts. Now, let me just, if I can just quickly just, just reel back into the radio station for a moment. It, it's always been a policy with the radio station that, that no one had you know, a right to be on the air. It was always a privilege to be on the radio. Just like, like I'm, it's my privilege to be talking to you right now on your radio show. It's not my right to be on your show. Uh, so, so the point here, though, was that when, whenever I advised and mentored students with uh, the radio station, we were always mindful about, about the community standards and guidelines and all of that, but at the same time, we were always challenging and questioning many of the school's uh, rules and policies, and talk, we, we had conversations just like what we're having now. We would question the validity uh, and the legal uh, muster, if you will, of, of some of the policies that, they, that they've written and that were implemented, and that is what made it a local public affairs show of community interest. And in the case of Rebecca, it's, it, it's clearly obvious that what happened is, is that somebody complained, and the squeaky wheels always get the grease. Okay, someone complained, and uh, it went up the flagpole, and just as quickly it came trickling back down. And you know what goes downhill? And that's basically where we're at, where uh, the student officers that are supposed to be uh, in charge of the student-run radio station uh, they, they evidently, they had to cave into pressure coming down from on high, uh, so-called advisors that were paid employees of the university, and uh, they basically said, oh, we can't have this, uh, this person saying this on the air. And it's completely baseless because, you know, she didn't say anything. Chinese virus, PRC virus, all of these things. Uh, you know, you can have a debate back and forth about what you should, should or shouldn't call it, uh, but to take the leap that that is automatically and necessarily an, a, a disparagement of an ethnic group, that's a leap, and that is an opinion. 
uh, and it's a contestable opinion. And uh, they just basically gave way to political correctness, in my view, and dismissed her on the basis of that alone. And I think that causes a chilling effect. Well, they um, not only that, but they they claim in the, in the letter that it was done specifically with malice and it, with the intent of yeah, flagrancy and decisiveness, divisiveness. Right. Yeah, right. But yeah, and that's false. But if you listen to it, it's obvious it wasn't because the the discussion back and forth between both Cosmic Rebecca and the show host, they both gave disclaimers saying that it was not about the people. It was not about Chinese Americans or, or the Chinese people. It was about the Chinese government. So right. they both made that disclaimer. They both qualified it and, you know, rolled it back or whatever. So this one, yeah. this one other show host, and I think that's very important as well. The fact that it wasn't just a random listener. It wasn't a student. It was another host of the radio station who, you know, DJ Karen is what we uh, dubbed her in the first segment, who made made these complaints. Yeah. Now, you bring up another point that the the student officers have apparently caved to pressure from the faculty advisors, meaning the pressure is coming from paid employees of the university paid employees who are paid by not only my tax dollars but the tuition and donations and everything else so yep that's right so you know de facto if they accept tax dollars as far as i'm concerned they're a de facto branch of government they got my money they're a branch of government so now you've got a de facto branch of government stifling free speech in the one place in the world where free speech should be most promoted, a college. Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, and that's always been a sticky point here with uh, places like Penn State uh, being one of the four so-called state-related schools in Pennsylvania. It's not directly state-owned or run or operated, but it does enjoy a sizable uh, public subsidy from the state. Three hundred and twenty-seven uh, uh, million dollars last year. Three hundred and twenty-seven right. million last year alone. Oh yeah, every year it's about that. It's about it's well over three hundred million every year. That's about the average uh, every year that Penn State gets. It is the largest school in the state. Um, but uh, and that's yeah, but you're right. They're they always should be they should be uh, accountable to the state. Uh, certainly commensurate with the amount that they're getting, and that's no small chunk of change uh, for Pennsylvania taxpayers. Uh, so. But uh, you, you have a problem here with Penn State because they try to have um, they try to have it both ways. Uh, so Penn State University with speak, free speech, you know, they, originally they were a land grant school, so there's a different set of free speech rights when you're outside walking around on the campus and you want to have a march or a protest or a demonstration, uh, versus uh, when you're inside and you're dealing with the institution on a legal basis. They they behave like they're a private institution, uh, and I, I mean I fault I mean I I kind of as much as I, 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 I used to lambast Penn State for doing that, I almost can't blame them because I think partially the problem is with the lawmakers, too. Uh, they, they, very few of them ever had the, the cojones to hold the, the school accountable. And then the few, uh, sort of, the few on the Republican fiscally conservative side that ever did 
always ended up getting slapped down by the cadre of the uh, everyone on the other party saying, ah, Penn State, if you're not going to fund them, then you're, you're against education. It's for the children. So don't you know tuition is going to go up? Of course, they're going to raise tuition anyway. Uh, and on and on. This was the circus act every year at Penn State when they went down to the State Appropriations Committee to ask for more money. You know, they'd say, we're a, we're a great big public good. So they'd panhandle for money, we're public, and then when we come back to University Park and spend it, then we're private. Right. Okay. So $327 million in tax money, God knows how much in donations because we know the Alumni Association and the uh, the Athletic Associations and everybody else gives uh-huh. the university money. But they well, A lot also, of those are earmarked, to be fair, though. Yeah. The, right. the donations. But go ahead. But then, like, if they're getting all of this other money, why in God's earth does, does an in-state student end up paying $36,000 a year to go there? It's like 22000 in tuition. And then when you add everything else up, it ends up averaging around $36,000 a year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, and, and the tuition has been going up uh, uh, incrementally. I mean, after the Sandusky scandal, they, they kind of put the brakes on the, the amount by which they raised it for in-state students. But for, for the most part, they kept raising it like crazy. Uh, and and it's, 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 it's way too expensive. But getting back to the whole First Amendment thing, uh, because these are all moving parts going on at the same time, uh, Penn State has, I'd say, they, they've, they've reworded a lot of their policies. Some of them have been aspirational over the years, and they, tr- they try to make them stick. But for the most part, there has been a push in the course of rewording on, and crafting their policies to constantly talk about diversity and inclusion, which is understandable, okay? But it's, and this is by no means unique to Penn State University. It's happening in universities everywhere. And in the course of making and crafting these policies, what they end up doing is, you know, they, they, they err on the side of, of making sure that we're so inclusive that nothing can ever be expressed or said that frazzles the sensibilities of any perceived individual or group. Uh, and, and that's a problem because if you're an educational institution, especially one of higher learning as a university, you are supposed to essentially entertain, you're supposed to invite robust and rigorous debate. Uh, that is how we, we, we develop the cr- critical thinking skills and analytical thinking skills among young people, among students. And if you don't maintain that, if you don't invite that, if you don't foster that and cultivate that, then uh, you're failing in your mission of higher education. And uh, you've got to understand that when you, when you push the pedal too far in one direction with some of these policies and trying to create a, 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 a culture of, of all of this sort of inclusivity, what you're really doing is, is that you're, maybe inadvertently, they would say, you're, 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 you're creating a chilling effect on the other end. I'm not saying the two have to necessarily be incompatible but you have to be mindful of the effects, the unintended consequences. And I'm being as kind as I can here. And I think that's been the overall trend in higher education and at Penn State, obviously, looking at it from 30,000 feet. And uh, I don't think we're better for it as a society, Peter, to be honest with you. Well, I agree. I And Cosmic Rebecca and I seem to think that uh, it wasn't so much the China virus or CCP virus or whatever comment that she made that got her in trouble. She was unabashedly, openly, brazenly supporting Trump for the entire three hours of that show. 
And <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. That's signing your death warrant, right? <laughs> exactly. So I think that the the China virus comment was just the the opening that DJ Karen had to go. Hey, that's what I can use to get her. That's my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I don't know any of the people involved. You know, that's just what that's the outward appearance of it. But the right what I find most interesting about that is the code of conduct that the that they quoted is you know you can't say these things that hurt these people like the last one in the list is is political ideology like you know there's all the regular protected classes of race sex creed That's national right. origin etc 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 but the last one on the list is political ideology so if i'm correct in my assumption that dj karen filed this complaint and ran it up the flagpole because of the open honest or open brazen mm-hmm. support of trump then she's violating the code of conduct. Well, well, in effect, if she's trying to, yeah, if she's trying to get somebody dismissed uh, or or censored based on that, then that, of course, uh, uh, would be denying the hosts or the guests uh, right to have one's own political beliefs uh, about anything. And um, yeah, so the, so that brings us back to the question: you know, what do you do when? when uh, one person's uh, set of values necessarily come in conflict with another person's set of values, or, or the university's trying to create a policy of the so-called Penn State values, and one set of values of fostering and cultivating diversity and inclusion comes in conflict with robust and rigorous free, free expression of political ideas. Then what do you do? And, uh, you know, I hate to be an administrator who has to kind of, like, come in and, and tell the kids to play nice, but... What ultimately ends up happening in practice, as, as I've observed in the past few decades, is that they always end up uh, caving into the squeaky wheels who end up getting the grease, whereas on the other side, uh, you're the nail that gets pounded down. And that's the difference. <laughs> well, I mean, even going back to your story about the, uh, the alumni who wanted to, to purchase a brick and put in a Bible passage, he didn't yeah. – he wasn't attempting to quote – the passage he was just putting the name chapter and verse yeah right so right i don't understand how that could possibly be offensive to anyone exactly and that just shows you how how everyone is caught up in this mentality there's a culture that that sets in when you have a, a constant steady drumbeat of too many like-minded views in the confines of administration and everything else in faculty and the ranks of faculty. And by the way, Penn State, in the, if you go up and look up Penn State values, that, as a quote, uh, it, you'll, you'll go to the page where they have that. At the very end, it says history and development. It shows you how they came up with all this stuff, and they'll give you examples of um, the forums and feedbacks and town halls that they had in which they solicited feedback from faculty and others working at the school. How do you see how they, and of course they all answered pretty much in like-minded ways. So there's a groupthink mentality that sets in where they can't think outside of, of, of the bubble that they're in, their own echo chamber. That's part of the problem. And at the same time, there's also those that want those specific outcomes. So it's, it's sad, and, and, and it, yes, it ties into public funding, and, and this has been the, the problem going on for decades now where where many people that they run against the political and social grain, let's say those that complain about them, they then find themselves on the outs. They get sanctioned or reprimanded in one way, shape, or form. 
And then they continue to pour hundreds of millions of dollars of tax dollars. And what are you going to do? Write a letter to your congressman. And if they don't, and if they try to withhold funds from the school or call for reform, then they're uh, pretty much routed and marginalized as, as being anti-education. <laughs> so that's how that goes. You write a letter to your state rep and say, hey, on the Appropriations Committee, and be like, this is happening at Penn State. They're, they're silencing speech. And what are they going to do? If they do anything, then they're going to be slapped down for being anti-education. But it's not anti-education. It's anti-indoctrination. Oh, of course it is, but see, that's just the game. That's how they play it. But you, <laughs> you know, that that list of examples that you talked about, uh, the the politically correct examples uh, that were were given on the Penn State website. I read that list. I did not see one single example of a Caucasian Christian organization. Yeah, Th- there was examples of how to support the LGBTQIA whatever community. There was examples LGBT- about. TUV, WXYZ, I, I, I lost count. They keep adding a new letter every time I come back and check. Yeah. No disrespect. I'm just saying that's, I, 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 lose, I lost track of the acronym a long time ago. Yeah. Last I checked, it was LGBTQIAA. I don't know what those last two A's stand for, but that's the last I saw it. But then, I mean, there was BLM. There was, there was several examples of, of support for different minority groups, but there was not one example of a specifically Caucasian group or one example of a specifically Christian group. So, I mean, well, well, you know, there was a, there was, they, they came out with a proclamation here um, earlier in, uh, I think it was April after the, or no, I'm sorry, not April, no, June. Okay. After the, the George Floyd incident, it took place earth shattering, you know, event in, in American and, and in world, you know, politics, society, and, uh, Penn State reaffirmed a lot of these things, and this was in one of the news conferences. And there was, a, I think, it came in the form of a tweet where they somebody they actually added um, conservative students to the list of of people, and immediately the the reaction was swift. The reaction was was widespread. Now they had an article on Onward State about it. Uh, they basically said, how dare you, how could you, how could you add conservative students to it? And so Penn State ended up retracting it. They ended up rescinding it. Um, this was back in, I think it was June. So, you know, it, they cave in the pressure and sometimes it's the path of, of least resistance when it comes to caving into the, uh, the demands from the people that complain. It's, it's sad. It's crazy. It is sad. It is crazy, and that's why I got involved. And I, I just, I asked you to be here, and and Cosmic Rebecca and DJ Farrow, and, and it's because, you know, yes, it's 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 my tax money, it's obvious uh, indoctrination, it's obvious bias. It's one of the things I've said several times in in recent news headlines is using racism to fight racism. That that's almost what they're doing here. They're they're using this uh this separation they're using this yeah. discrimination to fight discrimination in their own rules well that's right i mean and, and it's very one-sided and partisan all the time they're hypersensitive and vigilant when it seems to come from one side and they're aloof when it comes from another side i mean could you have imagined could you have imagined for example if uh, that uh, on-air DJ on the line, instead of interviewing Cosmic Rebecca, let's say he would have been interviewing another character who happened to be just as uh, ardently supportive of Biden rather than Trump. 
And imagine if that person would have said something that that Biden said, which was, uh, oh, yeah, if you don't vote for me, then, quote, you ain't black, unquote. Right. Could you imagine that? Well, well, OK. So could you imagine if that would have played out with Penn State be coming down on uh, on that person as uh, being racially insensitive or or is it all good? Because it's like because, you know, because Biden said that. That's so, like, you know what I mean? They, it begs the question. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you can't quote the president of the United States, then you don't or, have or free speech. Candidate. Well, exactly. Exactly. That's just bonkers. No, oh. I'm I've been so frustrated with colleges and universities for quite a while. I, I wrote a book like two years ago. That's actually how I got involved in pro, uh, in uh, politics at all. And uh, the education system has its own chapter in my my little book, because even though I've never been to college, I read headlines. I read articles. I have seen some of the crap that that's going on in these universities. Yeah. And knowing that one of them is right down the street from me is oh, it's just so frustrating. Well, you know, Peter, I'll tell you what. I mean, just to kind of wrap it up, I, this by the none of this surprises me. It, it does infuriate me specifically because I spent so much of my personal time, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, trying to, you know, as I said, mentor, teach, instruct successive generations of students that have come through that particular radio station in the past when I was there. So kind of, kind of, it burns me in the heart in uh, when I when I hear stories like that. But at the same time, if I step back and look at it again from a macro level, this is small potatoes uh, in comparison to not only things that have gone on at Penn State before, but that have been going on and that are continuing to go on in schools across the country. Uh, it, it's just out of control where we are right now. We're so vigilantly hyperpartisan that it's insane. I mean, I was just a news story the other day where uh, uh, in this county right outside of San Diego, California, it's called La, La Jolla. There's a school there. It's a, it's a, I'm not sure it's elementary school. It's La Jolla Ca- uh, Country Day School. The head of the school told uh, one of the students, you can't wear a Make America Great Again hat because it's offensive to our, uh, our community. And, uh, and then gave his mother a talking to and made sure that he'd never come to school again wearing the hat. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it, and, then, and then you have Harvard University the other day. You know, Harvard graduate students start a petition to, to ban Trump officials from setting foot on their, their campus. Right. The not even, Post. yeah, not only. I mean, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, Harvard, that, that letter, they don't want Trump officials or former Trump officials to ever speak on campus, attend the university as students, teach nothing. They don't ever want them there again. Uh, exactly. Along. I mean, this is totalitarian nonsense is what that is that's going on in our schools and our colleges and universities. And quite frankly, it's, it's nothing. None of it is new, sadly. It's been going on, especially in higher education, for quite a long time. Uh, the people that have been cranked out in the last 20 to 30 years in schools of education and, uh, and, and the, the people that went into going to teach primary and elementary school that have graduated from universities in the last 20 to 30 years, 
have been quite hey, substantially inculcated with a lot of these, to these social lighthouse views, and now they're ramping sure it up into high gear with a new crop of Hey, you're getting stomped all over by my exit music. We ran out of time. Thanks for stopping by. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. 4487.